so as we sang, as we just heard, the promise that Jesus gives us is that when the wind is howling, when the rain is falling, when the waves are crashing, that we can experience this extraordinary thing called peace. Because the peace that Jesus offers us is unlike anything that can be found in this world. Because it's not based on what's going on out here, but rather it's based upon who lives in here. And this is why Jesus told us in the Gospel of John, in me, because that is the only place that we can find it. He says, in me, you may have peace. You can't find it in the world because what you're gonna find in the world, he told us, is trouble. But take heart, he says, be encouraged because I have overcome the world. That when we're connected to him, that this can be what we experience in our lives. But so often, if you're anything like me, you don't experience peace a lot of the time in your life. And I don't experience a lot of it off sometimes in my life because there's so many things that can rob us of that peace. And one of them is fear. And that's exactly what we're gonna be talking about today as we're entering into this final week of Into the Wild. And so in this series, actually, let me say, before I tell you a little bit more about this series, why don't you take a seat and you can all have a seat. Um, and in this series, Into the Wild, what we've been talking about in the past two weeks is we've been talking about what it looks like to step into the life that God is inviting us into. And many times in order for us to take this step, it requires us to have courage and faith because the wild can be a scary place. It can be an unknown place. But often it's in the wild that God is able to do some of his most transformative and powerful work in our lives. But what so often prevents us from taking this step is fear. Because fear can so oftentimes, how it acts in our lives many times is it acts like a fence. And that it prevents us from moving forward and taking hold of more of what God has for us. And so we're going to be talking about how we don't have to allow fear to be that fence, but we can move past it and experience true freedom in our lives. And one of the fears that I've struggled with quite a bit in my life is something called globophobia. And globophobia is not the fear of globes, although it's not much better than that. It's actually the fear of popping balloons. And Oprah actually struggles with the same thing, which basically makes us like this. <laughs> but how I developed this fear was as a child going to Korean church picnics. Because every summer on one Sunday, my church community, we wouldn't meet in our building, but we would meet at a local park. And we would sing, we would hear a message together, and then we would eat incredible food together. And after all that was done, everyone, and I mean everyone, it didn't matter how old or young you were, whether you were in shape or not, even if you were injured, injured people would jump in. And we would play, we would participate in organized games because honestly, what's a church picnic without some organized fun? And everyone knew that these games were a big deal. They were like our church Olympics, almost the pinnacle of the summer. And the reason why was that the prizes weren't medals or trophies, but they were toiletries. Because you can say a lot about Korean people, but one of the things that you cannot say is that we are not practical. And so we would be competing, exactly, we would be competing, we would be fighting it out for soap, toothbrushes, uh, toothpaste, and boxes of tissue. But the grand prize, what everyone wanted to go home with, was the toilet paper. And we're talking about the good stuff. We didn't skimp on the toilet paper. It was the two-ply, the angel soft stuff. That's what we all wanted. That was the gold medal. And every year, we would play this one game where everyone had to run across the field, 
grab a balloon and then try to pop it by sitting on it. Anyone play this awful game before? Anyone? You guys have. Probably some of you did it at a church picnic too, right? That's what I'm thinking. And as a child, the thought of having something explode in this sensitive area of my body freaked me out. And so I became a globophobe. And I haven't been able to shake it ever since. And trust me, I have tried. A few years ago, I actually thought it was ridiculous that as a grown man, I would be afraid of this, afraid of popping balloons. So I tried to move past it. And I was also tired of running away from my children every time they would come at me with a balloon and threaten to pop it. And so I tried to get over it. And many times, and I couldn't, but often this is how we view our fears. We view it as this terrible emotion that we have to figure out some way to get rid of it in our lives. But there's nothing wrong with feeling fear. Experiencing fear is normal, it's human, it's part of our God-given design. But unfortunately for some of us, maybe for many of us, and this is what I experienced growing up, we have been told, we have been taught that feeling fear is wrong. That somehow fear is the opposite of faith and that if we only had a little bit more faith, you know what, we wouldn't experience fear in our lives and that is completely untrue. And in fact, in some situations, fear can be a very positive thing. For example, fear is instructive. It tells us to avoid certain situations, to avoid certain behaviors and actions because they can be potentially harmful, like trying to pop a balloon with your butt. Terrible thing. It's also fear is a powerful motivator because if our doctor came to us and said, unless you change the way that you live, you're gonna have a heart attack and die. Chances are, many of us, if not all of us, would make those changes. So feeling fear, there's nothing wrong with it. It's normal, it's human. But it's when we begin to live out of that place, then it becomes a problem. When our fear causes us to lash out at someone in anger, or when our fear turns not only to anger, but then moves further down and transforms into bitterness and resentment. And that takes up residence in our heart. Or when our fear paralyzes us and prevents us from moving forward and experiencing more of what God has for us, then it becomes an issue in our lives. And today in the passage that we're gonna be looking at, we're gonna be looking at a man named Abraham, someone who we've been looking at through and examining throughout this entire series. And we're gonna see that he began to live out of this place. And when we were first introduced to Abraham, when we're first introduced to Abraham in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, he is 75 years old. And Abraham was a very successful businessman who was likely very well known in the area. But he and his wife, Sarah, had one problem. They had no children, which in that culture was absolutely disastrous because it meant that everything that Abraham owned, everything that he had worked so hard for, everything that had been passed down through the generations to him, he would have to pass on to somebody like his nephew. And that meant it would leave his immediate family line or worse, he would have to leave it to a servant, which meant that he would completely, all of his wealth would completely leave his family. It was a terrible, terrible thing back then. And one day God came to Abraham and he told him, I want you to leave behind everything that you've known, everything that you've placed your identity in. I want you to go to a land that I'll show you. God basically said, I want you to start walking that way and I'll let you know when you get there. And you know what the crazy thing is? He actually said, Yes. But God also gave Abraham and his wife Sarah a promise, the promise of a child. And he told them, I will make your offspring 
like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted as well. And after struggling with infertility for so long, we have to imagine that this brought an incredible sense of joy and relief to them. But fast forward 10 years and nothing had happened. There had been absolutely no progress. And I can imagine fear started to creep in. And some of us, maybe many of us understand exactly how that feels because we have waited or have been waiting for something that is very near and dear to our heart. We've asked God, God, would you please give this to me? But after years, maybe even after decades, we are still waiting. And that was their situation. And so understanding that this was how Abraham was, what he was thinking and what he was feeling, God came to him and this is what happened. It says in Genesis chapter 15, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram and this is before God changed his name to Abraham. He came to him in a vision and said, do not be afraid. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. So God took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then God said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And so today, we're going to be looking at the very first verse that we read. And that in that verse, what God started off by saying to Abram was, do not be afraid. And the reason why he said this to him was because Abram was afraid. And he had good reason to be. He had a lot of reasons to be afraid. First of all, he was 85 years old. His wife, Sarah, was well beyond the age where she could physically have children. Oh yeah, and not to mention, it had been 10 years since God had first given them this promise. And it had been in those 10 years since that time, total radio silence. Absolutely nothing had happened that reassured Abraham that this is actually going to happen. And so as we read, Abraham was thinking, you know what, it's over, it's done. Everything I have is gonna go to my servant Eleazar. And he was not only experiencing fear, but be, he began to live out of that place. And so God came to him. And what's so incredible to me is that God doesn't come to Abram and say, you are a terrible person. How dare you feel this? How dare you live in this way? That's not what he told him. But rather he comes to him and he says, do not be afraid. And what God was telling him was that he wasn't saying to him, never ever do I ever want you to feel the emotion of fear again. That's not what God was saying. But rather he was saying, do not be controlled by your fear. You do not have to live out of this place. You can live in a different way, a better way. In this past week, my wife Robin was telling me about a story about her mother and her mother's name is Bonnie. And for six years, Bonnie lived next to another woman named Terry. And when my mother-in-law Bonnie and my father-in-law Dwayne first moved into that neighborhood, Bonnie really wanted to become friends with Terry because she thought she was an amazing, amazing person. But she was afraid. 
afraid that she would be rejected, afraid that she might not be good enough to be Terry's friend. And so she didn't do anything. She didn't reach out at all. And at the end of those six years, my in-laws decided to move hours away to their retirement home. But the week before they were supposed to move, Terry found out that they were leaving and was kind enough to invite Bonnie over for coffee. And they had an amazing time talking, connecting, laughing, having fun. And they discovered that they had so much in common and they became fast friends. And after my in-laws moved away, my mother-in-law realized that she had missed out on an incredible gift, a gift who literally had been living next door to her for six years, but she had failed to take a hold of that gift, failed to receive that gift because she had, been, she had chosen to live out of her fear, chosen to be controlled by her fear. And so after hearing that story, the question I asked myself was, what are the gifts that God has been wanting to give me or has wanted to give me, but I've completely missed out on them because I've been controlled by my fear, because I've lived, chosen to live out of this place? Who are the people that I've missed meeting? People who I've missed having invest in my life and vice versa. Opportunities that I've failed to step into simply because I have chosen to embrace fear. But what God tells us in the second half of this verse, he says, this does not have to be your life. You can live in a completely different way. You can live in freedom. And we're gonna look at that in a moment, but before we actually do, we're gonna be receiving our offering. So ushers, I wanna invite you to come forward to do that. And if you are a guest with us, let me say, first of all, welcome. And we are so happy that you're here. It's a great weekend to be here. And let me also say that please don't feel any obligation to give. But if you would like to give, there are a lot of different ways that you can do so. The offering bag is going to be coming around in a moment. But one of the ways that, the way that my wife Robin and I give is through our website. But you can also give via the app or texting the word Kensington to 77977 as well. And that works. But even what we're talking about today, as I was reflecting on it earlier, it applies to what we're even doing right now. Because if you're anything like me in the past, one of the reasons why I've chosen not to be generous chosen not to live a more open-handed life is because I've chosen to live out of my fear. And even where we're going to be going as to the reason why God tells us we don't have to be afraid, it applies to not only our finances, but the other resources that God has given us as well, whether it be our time, our talents, and all of these other things. So I think it's so applicable to today. But if you are somebody who does give, we want to say thank you. Thank you for choosing to live not like this, but truly like this. And as we saw in the annual report earlier, it's one of the reasons why we as a community together have been able to have such a huge impact, not just here in this area, but truly all around the world. So we want to say thank you for choosing to live in this manner. But going back to the passage, God begins by telling Abram, Abraham, he says, do not be afraid. And then he tells him the reason why he didn't have to be afraid is because I am your shield and your very great reward. And so God was saying to Abram, you don't have to be controlled by your fear. The reason you don't have to be controlled by your, your fear and the reason why we don't have to be controlled by our fear is because God is with us and we are not alone. And recently, uh, a family who I met from my time back in Philadelphia, they shared that their oldest son was diagnosed with colon cancer. And he has, a very extreme, he has a very rare case. 
And his cancer surgeon actually told him that of the more than 360 colon cancer cases he sees every year, he might see maybe two that are like his. Someone in their mid-20s who has absolutely no family history of cancer. And their son's name is David. And David's been keeping people updated by putting posts on his CaringBridge site. And he put up one post, and it really, and a part of it really struck me. And in it, he said that in this season, what he's trying to do is to look to the driver's seat of the car, realizing that someone else is holding a much bigger wheel who actually controls the car, and choose to trust that person. You can call the driver whatever you want, but he says, I call him God. And in the, in the unknown, in the wild, one of the things that David has come to recognize is that he is not alone, that God is with him and that God, in fact, is in control. And in another post that he put up, he said that every single day he experiences fear, a lot of fear, because he thought he had his life all mapped out. He had just finished his first year at Harvard Law, and he was thinking, this is the way that my life is going to go. And then there was this huge detour that happened in his life. So every single day he feels fear. But he's, one of the things that he said was that the reason why, one of the reasons why that I don't want to be controlled by it, and one of the ways that I have been able to find freedom from being controlled by it is because I catch glimpses of God every single day in my life, whether it be through circumstances or people. And he says especially through people, every day he sees God, whether it's through the medical staff and their love and care for him, whether it's through family and friends in his life who message him, who call him, who stop by to encourage him and support him and who have walked with him every step of the way. And he said, it's in these people that I have seen God and it prevents me from embracing that fear and choosing to be controlled by that fear. He said, it has changed everything. And when we embrace that truth, that we are not alone, but that the God of the universe is with us, that an incredible sense of peace is able to come over us. And whenever there's a storm, sort of like what we experienced yesterday multiple times, whenever there's a storm, one of the things, and when it happens at night, my son Isaiah, who's six years old, will usually wake up and he'll come into our room. And he almost, he never comes to my side of the bed because he understands, he's tried that once. And he woke me up and I basically patted him on, on the head in my sort of drowsy state. And I said, everything's okay, just go back to bed, right? Which is not helpful at all. And so every time he goes to my, to my wife Robin's side of the bed, and Robin wakes up and in the gentlest, kindest way says, don't worry, I'm here. And she'll get out of bed, walk with him back to his room and lay with him. And it gives him such an extraordinary sense of confidence and peace, knowing that whatever happens, no matter how bad things get, she will protect him. And so even though outside the rain is falling, the wind is howling, there's thunder and lightning, that he's able to go right back to bed because he knows that he's not alone, that she is with him. And that changes everything. And so the reason God told Abraham, even though after 10 years, didn't have a child and he was still waiting, this was something that he so desperately desired and not just him, but his wife, Sarah, as well. And the reason why you and I, we don't have to be afraid, no matter what we encounter in our lives is because God is with us. And he told Abraham, I am your shield. 
just like a warrior back in Abraham's day would carry a shield into battle in order to protect themselves against the attacks of the enemy. God is saying to us, this is what I will do for you. This is what I do for you. That no matter who comes against you, no matter what situation that you may find yourself in, no matter how heart-wrenching, no matter how challenging, no matter how difficult, I will be your protector. And he also told Abraham, I am your very great reward. And that he didn't say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you an amazing reward. Here it is. That's not what he said. He said, I am giving you myself. I am your great reward. And this is what he gives to us as well. He gives us himself. And God's answer to fear isn't an argument. It's not a self-help book. It's not... It's not some type of other solution, but rather what he does is that, actually what he doesn't do is that he doesn't point us in a direction and say, hey, you know what? If you want fear not to control you, just go down this path, take a right here, take a right is this way, take a right here, go straight, take a left, and then you'll find it. That's not what he does. But where he points us is to himself because he understands that he is the solution to every fear of the human heart because it's in him that we will find everything that we need because he is our courage, he is our defender, he is our refuge, he is our fortress, he is our protector, he is our hope, he is our future. And he says, I have given you me and in me, you will find everything that you need, not to be paralyzed by your fear, but to move forward into the future that I've destined and created you an extraordinary promise that he gives us. And at the very beginning of this series, we posed the question, we asked the question, what is the most courageous thing that you have done this past week? And we, all of us, including myself, we were challenged to take that step into the unknown, to take that step into the wild. And so many of us said yes to it. We have heard some incredible stories. One person said that she felt like God was asking her to move across the country. And so you know what she did? She hopped on a plane and she went. Another man who had just recently started coming here felt like God was inviting him into a relationship with him to take that step into the unknown. Another man, after years of being in an unhealthy relationship, he really felt like God was telling him, I want you to end this relationship. But the reason why he hadn't was that he was deathly afraid of being alone. But in the past two weeks, He chose to say yes to trusting God, and he took that step. Another woman just got out of an abusive relationship, and she wants to write a letter to her ex-husband, her abuser. But in this letter, she doesn't want there to be even a trace of any malice, any bitterness, of any unforgiveness, if you can imagine that. And her prayer through her journey has been, God, help me to see him how you see him. Give me your eyes. Incredibly courageous prayer. She's in the wild. So many of us have said yes to taking that step. But yet I also know that there are many of us here who God is saying, I want you to take a step in your life. It could be a first step into the wild. It could be another step, whatever it may be. And so the question that we want to end and close this series with is something that's very similar is that what is the courageous step that God is asking you to take? Maybe you already took a step two weeks ago, but God is saying, hey, you know what? I want you to take another step in another area of your life. Maybe for some of us who are here or watching via stream that God is saying, hey, you know what? I want you to take that first step. 
But whatever it is, what is that step for you? And God may be inviting you into a relationship with him. Or maybe he might be in asking you, hey, I want you to finally admit that you have an addiction and I want you to go and seek help. I want you to have that hard conversation or I want you to take that first step towards forgiving that person who hurt you so deeply. But what is that step for you? And as you're thinking and as we're thinking about this, and as you're thinking and we're thinking about this step, what is also the fear? When you think about that step, what is the fear that's preventing you and holding you back from moving forward into the wild, into the unknown? Because as I mentioned, fear so often acts like a barrier, acts like a fence in our lives and says, you can only go this far. But when we choose to trust God, we're able to move past that fence. And on the other side of the fence, so often what we experience is true, genuine, and lasting freedom. And so as you're thinking about that step, if there is that fear that you know has been holding you back, I believe that what God wants to say to you, that what God wants to say to us today are the same words that he spoke to Abraham millenniums ago. Do not be afraid. You don't have to be, we don't have to be controlled by our fear. And you can insert your name there. Do not be afraid, Julie. Do not be afraid, Jennifer. Do not be afraid, Mike. Do not be afraid, Chris. Do not be afraid, Andrew. And the reason is because I am is with us. The God of the universe is with us. And he is our shield and he is our very great reward. So let's bow our heads and pray. God, we thank you for this extraordinary promise that you first gave to Abraham, but applies to us as well. That we don't have to live out of this place, that we don't have to be controlled by this, that we can live in a different way. We can live a life of freedom. So we pray, Lord, for, and I pray for the people here who you are challenging to take that step. Give us the courage, give us the courage to trust you and to take that step. God, and thank you that we are not alone, that you are not only with us on this journey, but there are others as well. And so we thank you for speaking to us. Thank you that you are with us. And we pray these things in your son's name.